We at PrePT Grind would like to extend an act of gratitude to all our followers for their love and support. We have decided to end the July 6th essay deadline and replace it with a pay it forward essay exchange. We would like to reach as many students as possible and therefore we need your help. We ask that you please give us a Facebook review on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash grind so we can reach as many fellow students as possible and help them on their journey for pre-PT success. Pay this act of kindness forward and enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. This is part two of the I Am The Answer Key double episode. If you have not yet listened to part one of this episode, we would like to welcome you to do so at this time. Enjoy the rest of the episode and thank you once again for joining us. So now, Dr. Rice, I know we're talking about a lot of great things right now in terms of test taking, but for you, you've been a PT student, you've been a pre-PT student, you've been through that cycle, um, kind of now, partway through the podcast, are, is there something that you feel would be of benefit to someone on the receiving end to hear uh, based, on, based on your experiences so far um, and having been at those stages yourself? Are there elements that you feel would be, would be of value uh, for for our audience to hear at this moment. Yes, definitely. Uh, wow, where do you start? Uh, the first one I would definitely say is that, you know, when you're going about test taking, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you, man, you're such a great test taker. I wish you would take my test for me. Uh, and that type of thought process, right? Um, but the, the big thing is, no, I'm not an amazing test taker. Trust me, the, God did not give me the tools to be an amazing test taker. I didn't just wake up one day and I was amazing at that. Trust me. What you need to know is that if you want to be on the level, if you want to get a 1,600 out of 1,600 on the SAT, I don't even know how they score it nowadays, but if you want to get that top score or the top score on the MPT or GRE, it, it's really your approach that you're taking, right? You have to take a, an approach that is there to dominate. If you are there to get a passing score on it, if you're there to get the cutoff, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're there to get yourself 20 points over the cutoff, you're doing yourself a disservice. In order to, in order to really make a difference in your score and to go into a test knowing that I'm going to dominate this thing and there's no if, ands, or buts about it. In order to have that mentality, you have to prepare for that, right? And so the level of preparation that I've done for, you know, the MPTE and, and getting the score that I got was, was really the preparation, the mindset, you know, changing myself out of this, oh, well, I'm just going to get a 650. I'm just going to get a 700. No, I'm shooting for the top. And, and, and let me make this a little bit more clear. It's just like Usain Bolt, and I'm, make, I'm making this up off the top right now. It's just like Usain Bolt. I love this guy. He, he's an amazing runner, right? You can bet your bottom dollar that when he is training throughout a, throughout a year and get ready for the Olympics or whatever it is, he's not saying to himself, oh, you know what? I know I'm going to be going up against some of the fastest men in the world. You know what? As long as I'm able to get these guys by uh, a tenth of a second, a hundredth of a second, I'll be good. No, this man is training himself to beat these guys by a, a, a semi-truck length, right? He's shooting for the stars. He would rather be crossing the finish line with those guys back in the blocks 
than one of the guys on his on his tail, right? Touching his cleat. So that's the the type of mentality that you have to have going into the test. And I feel like so many students I've had the privilege uh, to to really be with and mentor are all looking just to pass the exam. It should never be a pass or fail exam for you. It should never be a pass or fail. You should be sick on the day of the exam and still score high. The reason being you score, you've trained yourself to get an 800. So even if you, even if your hamstring is hurting, you're still beating those guys by a truck length, right? And that's the, that's the mentality that you have to have going into this level thing. So, you know, that's really the, the, the main thing that I can really put out there and, and really say is like change your mindset first, change the way you're approaching things. And, and that'll put you ahead of everybody. Wow. Train wow. to dominate. I love it. Train love it. to dominate. Now, now you talked about, you talked about the board exam score. So can you, can you walk us through the board exam? And even though like these are pre PT students, you know, your goal is to get into BD school and you've got to start thinking about this eventually. So, so walk us through the board exam, like what's the lowest score you can get and what's the highest score. And, and tell us a little about, a little bit about how you scored on the exam as well and how you, uh, how you took the privilege of, of tutoring um, students. Like how did you do so well and how did you now take that to, to people who are in your place? No. Uh, so the MPTE is an exit exam, if you will, right? It's, it's a, a licensure exam. You can go completely through PT school, get your doctorate, and then have to sit for this exam. And if you don't pass it, you cannot practice, but you'll still be a doctor. You can still walk around saying, you know, doctor, this physical therapy. Um, but again, the big, the big thing is, is that you can be licensed, right, to do what, you, what you're there to do. So this exam is a 250 question exam. It's very lengthy. It's over about a five hour period. Um, and, you know, really the questions are built a bit different than you've been exposed to in the past. The reason being these are clinically based application and analysis exams. And what that means is that you cannot approach the exam with a memorization basic knowledge standpoint. Right. The test will not ask you what is the definition of such and such. The test will not ask you to just recall information. That is a given. You are supposed to have all that knowledge known, or all that knowledge, you know, uh, to where you can take it and apply it in multiple scenarios. So that's what makes the exam very difficult because you have to do the mental gymnastics. You have to really be able to organize your information in your head where you can quickly, okay, I have this knowledge, now I need to apply it to the situation and then create some level of an intervention to, to, to fix the patient. Um, and a lot of times it's safety or contraindications, which are different treatments that you're not supposed to do to the patient, otherwise you'll harm them. So there's a bunch of different questions on there from across the body, whether it be, um, you know, organ-related, musculoskeletal, I mean, it really is across the board. And it's very important that when you're going through PT school, uh, that you are not necessarily preparing yourself for the board exam, that's the only thing you're thinking about, but you are preparing yourself in a way that you will be successful on that exam. 
you're setting yourself up for the success from day one. A lot of us don't think about the exam until the final two months. And that's what really is the difference between my approach and the traditional approach. And that's because I started about 13, about 13, 14 months out when I start really thinking about the exam. I mean, when I say thinking about it, I was really diving into what's on this thing. What do I know? What did I do well with, you know, in school? Um, and I took an extended amount of time to learn the test, learn the, uh, the intricate details of it, obviously learn all the knowledge that I needed to know. But by the time that people were starting at that three-month, two-month period, of getting started studying for the exam, I was already done. I had felt like I knew all the knowledge that I needed. I felt like I was able to apply everything I needed to do well on the exam. And now it was different. Now these last three months, I was devoting to learning why they make questions the way that they do. Why do they have certain words in the question and not others? Why are certain answers put there and why are certain answers not there? Right? Really trying to understand these test makers and, and how they create the exam. That's what gave me a the super edge over any of my competition, right? Because I was there to dominate it. I wasn't there to just learn it for the moment and, and just get a 650 or 600. I was there to dominate this exam. So that's what allowed me to get an 800 out of 800 on it. This exam, the way it's scored is, it goes from a 200 to an 800, 200 being the lowest score, 800 being the highest score. Uh, 600 is your cutoff, so you'll keep hearing me say 650 or 620 is being close to the cutoff score. That's the reason why a lot of students are shooting for that 620, just enough to pass. But then it becomes it becomes a pass or fail exam for you. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. But again, someone who's there to dominate the exam, not worry about pass or fail. This is how close can I get to my 800? I'm getting my 800. So, you know, uh, as far as, you know, tutoring students now, after I was able to get that score, um, you know, being from the past that I've been, and you know, we really didn't touch on a lot of that struggle that was there, but I come from a, a you know, a long history of not doing well on, on uh, standardized tests. And so, you know, the fact that I was able to score so well on this one, I knew that, okay, I saw something here. I think I see the, the dots that wasn't connected in the beginning. And that's, uh, that's really what, what, what made the difference, you know, is really paying attention to where are my mistakes? What mistakes did I make in the past? And then trying to adjust it. But it didn't happen until I took a step back from my situation. Mm. It was like, okay, here's the playing field. This is where I'm at. I suck at test taking. Why? This test is testing what? Why is it testing that? And what are the specific things that it's really testing, right? It tests musculoskeletal. What the heck is musculoskeletal? That's so broad. Muscles, tendons, ligaments, moving this way, that way. Like, what are they really going to test you on? That is the key. Man. Can, can we, first of all, address how casually... My man just said, yeah, that's how I got the 800. Like the man, he slid that in there like it was a by the way. He's like, oh, yeah, that's how I got my 800. Now, as I was saying, yo, that, that's a huge feat. And so for those of you listening, yeah, he, he told you it's from 200 to 800. 800 is a perfect score 
on the basic biggest Perfect. exam of your Perfect. of your academic journey in physical therapy school. Like I have never heard of anyone scoring that. I'm sorry, man, for Thank hyping God. you up. He is a very <laughs> humble. He is a very humble man. Yes, but yes, we yes. cannot miss this opportunity to, to first of all say congratulations. We need those congratulations, man. I'm telling you this. <laughs> we'll have them. Too. Oh, but, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But but that's a big big feat. And so um so one congratulations for that. But two, this is why this is important for pre-PT students as well. Because what he just said is crucial. He mentioned in there that he, much earlier on, realized where he was trying to end up in terms of the exam. And so he recognized that early. So everything he was learning in the process, he was saying, okay, I'm learning this. And what's the reason? Yeah, I got to know for my patients and whatnot. But I have an exit exam at the end of this program that I have to do well on. So I better learn this well. And it's kind of like what he was telling you before. Dr. Rice was saying that, I mean, identifying people in the class that you can, that you can look to, that you, you know they're good at their musculoskeletal. Or if you're an undergrad now, um, physics or whatever. You can apply it any way, which way. But, but he was doing that because he knew he wanted to do well on the exam. And he also knew his history of not doing so well on exams as many other people do. I mean, uh, Dr. Rice, could you go back once again and tell us um, why medical school didn't work out for you? Because I want people to see the difference from the beginning of, I mean, that's a pretty pivotal struggle because medical school, I mean, that was where you wanted to go. Obviously, physical therapy was around you in terms of family and, and individuals around you that were in the physical therapy field, but you wanted to go into medicine. And so talk to us a little bit about that struggle, um, trying to get into um, medical school and ultimately, you're just saying, okay, I'm going to try physical therapy, and, and you ended up falling in love with it. So talk to us about that and how exams had something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I already had that issue, you know, coming into undergrad with the ACT and the SAT. Shout out to FAMU for taking a chance on me. Graduated mm. summa cum laude. You know, y'all can't hey, stop. Right? That cool. shout out, though. No. <laughs> oh, watch out. So, um, no, Fanny took a shot on me, though, and in, in my last year, I decided that, uh, you know, I wanted to do orthopedic surgery, you know, with gun ho on it. Um, heard about the MCAT that you needed to take, though, in my last year, it's my senior year. Now, I took all the prereqs. I was ready to go. Um, but there was this, this MCAT that was there. So, I studied for it. I did the Kaplan. Oh, man, did the Kaplan course. I was like, yeah, this is definitely going to, you know, Changed the way I'm looking at things. I'm do well. Took my first MCAT, bombed it. I was like, yeah, I kind of knew that this was going to happen. This is going to be a struggle for me. You know, and this is going to be the one thing that's going to keep me out of medical school. Watch, you know, those that type of negative mentality. All that stuff was starting to to, to manifest itself again. It had been gone for a while, but now it's back, right? So it took the first one, failed. Second, failed. Third, awful. Right, score score started to go down, even though I was taking these review courses. Right now, I'm what I'm 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 graduated now, or about to graduate. I just failed this thing three times. I'm not competitive for medical school. Everybody's applying and all this stuff. Now I'm stuck. It's like all right, take a summer off, take it again. You know, I'll study real hard. Take it, take it for the fourth time. Um, you know, and this is when I had my um. you know, more of my friends and family involved with it as well. And they wanted me to obviously get into medical school, right? Um, 
and you know they they were meaning very well and really were on my team as far as you know encouraging me but at the same time i was feeling like i was letting people down right so what i what did i do i scheduled this next mcat and actually traveled out of the area where my family was traveled out of the area slept in the car outside of the testing center just so i could be away right and take it and, and then i wouldn't tell them i took it and you know, if I did well, then I would be like, oh, I did well. If I didn't do so well, then I did, at least I wouldn't tell it, right? Mm -hmm. Failed the fourth time. Okay. So then it came to really my last attempt. And I was like, you know, if this doesn't work, I don't, I don't know what, what, what I'm going to do. Um, so I took it on the fifth time. Still didn't do that well, but I still applied for, for medical school anyway. Physical therapy was coming around. I applied for physical therapy school too at that time because I was like, you know what? At least I'll have something. I'm a great candidate for uh, physical therapy school. I can get into it. But my overall goal was, hey, if I get into medical school this time around, even if I'm in PT school, I'll quit. I'll quit PT school and I'll go to medical school. That was my, that was my thought process. Stupid, I know. Foolish, very foolish. Anyway, so um, I, I did my first year of PT school and I got accepted into medical school my first year. Right, I actually got accepted. Crazy. I don't even know how that happened, but it happened. Got accepted into medical school, so now I was left with a decision to make. And I had fell in love with PT school, fell in love with the profession, fell in love with my classmates. And so I decided to decline medical school at the time and continue with physical therapy. Wow. But that, that struggle of going through that, that failure over and over again, and, and feeling like I was never going to amount to something, was what led me to this idea that, hey, listen, I'm in PT school now, and there is an impact at the end of this. So that's what led me to take a different approach this time. I wasn't going to let myself fall down that same road again and be caught off guard. So if, some, if there's students out there, because I, I get this question a lot, people are deciding between medical school and PT school, just like you were. So is there any advice you'd give to our listeners if they're going through that same process? should I do med school or should I do PT? Right. Um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty now. Um, you know, really, it is about, you know, understanding what's going to make you happy. And a lot of people don't have that idea before they go and try to do things like medical school or PT school for that matter. If you aren't devoted to one of them, if you are not like, yes, this is the profession for me for this and this reason, you probably haven't spent enough time in that profession, whether it be volunteering, shadowing, talking to people about it, whatever it is. Now, when I, you know, the, the physical therapy is it's a love of mine, right? It's a passion of mine. But helping students pass the MPTE, that's different. That's my calling. That's totally different, right? I was given the opportunity to uh, mentor my first student, failed five times, uh, wasn't doing well, life in shambles. Getting her to pass that, I didn't, need, I didn't even need payment for it. Mercy. Right? I would pay somebody to feel that way. Mm. So when, when you're really thinking about you know, medical school, dentistry, whatever it is, Sit back and think about, did I really give this enough time as far as understanding if I really like this and why do I really like it? 
did I shadow enough? Did I kind of skip out on my shadowing hours? I kind of, you know, bluffed a couple hours on there. I put that it was 20 when it was really 10. Spend the time. Figure it out because these are lifelong major decisions. I mean, a lot of PCs are coming out $100,000 worth of debt plus. Oh, two, three. Before you step into the ring, before you get married to a profession, you need to make sure you're all in, especially medical school, which the prices are way higher than that. That's true. So that's that's the advice I would give. I'll give somebody. Nice, thank you. That was perfect. So you talked uh, you talked a lot about the GRE and the NPTE board exams, and those are standardized te- standardized tests. Uh, what about if someone has a test in three weeks, two weeks from now that is not standardized? Say physics, for example. Do the same principles apply to a non-standardized exam uh, as well as a as a regular exam? Do those differ? Do the do the principles differ, or are they the same? Yeah, so they will differ somewhat because standardized tests are just that. They're supposed to be uniform. Uh, all the questions are supposed to be written in a way that are not that is not confusing to anybody. That's the reason why it's it's standardized. So that means that there can't be any tricks in there or intentional tricks, right? But you might get that in one of your physics classes where the teacher is trying to trick you a bit, right? Um, and then some people will catch on to the trick and then some people won't. And then so that's the reason why it's not standardized in your class. So, you know, the way you have to go about it, yeah, is a, is a little different. You know, some of what... Um, you're really looking at is what again is on the test, right? Jotting that down on a piece of paper, getting the, getting it out in front of you so you can see, okay, what is it that I'm being tested on? You know, and a lot of people get, get this perspective when you think about a chapter out of your book. The first thing that they do in the beginning of the chapter is they outline the objectives that you're supposed to be getting from each, each part of it, right? Or each, each section of the chapter. So it's the same thing on your tests. You need to outline it. What's the objectives of the test? Like, what are they attempting to test me on? What's the most important aspects of it? A lot of that you can get from the PowerPoints that your teacher gives to you. They'll outline it in the beginning, the objectives, or they'll, the uh, professor or will harp on certain points but don't just memorize, okay, she says that it's really important to know that the, the biceps attaches, you know, to this specific point, right? Okay, but big picture, what is it that she really wants you to know about this, though? Like, what's the objective, right? Because a lot of times you may not be given that direct question of where does the biceps insert into or what is four plus four, or some specific algebra question, right? She puts that algebra question up there um, and it says, oh yeah, I need you to know this you know, particular um, uh, topic or this particular algebra question. Um, no, it's not memorizing that specific question and then the answer for it. That's not what you do. It's understanding the objective behind that topic. Okay, I need to understand that at this point, in the problem, I'm supposed to multiply and not divide, you know, that type of, of deal, really understanding that because those are the questions that actually come up on the exam. So really, if I'm boiling down to the last three weeks and I'm really trying to improve my score dramatically in that time period, the best way to do it is to be specific. 
to figure out what are the major objectives that this test is testing you on. Perfect. Sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. That's, that's extremely helpful to myself and a lot of the students out there. So, so a follow-up question to that, not as technical, but you talked a lot about pressure earlier, how you were feeling pressure from your family, from yourself, when you were failing the exam, trying over and over again. Uh, if someone's struggling with that same experience, what advice do you have for them to, to you know, wane off the pressure a little bit or just deal with it head on? What advice do you have for those students out there listening to you? Um, you know, I used to say, you know, that, you know, try to run from it, sort of speak, you know, don't tell anybody about a need to know basis. And I still do that. So just like HIPAA, you know, it's on a need to know basis, <laughs> right? So don't be going around and, and voicing it to every single person that's around you. I mean, if they're asking about it, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'm planning to take it, but you don't have to tell them the exact day or, or whatever it is. Now, you don't have to go and then travel to Montana or some distant location and sleep in your car. I wouldn't recommend that. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to necessarily, you know, block your entire family out of, of the process at all. I mean, they are there to help you. But sometimes, you know, you get scared of speaking up about it and saying, hey, listen, I know what you're trying to do. You're, you're trying to encourage me. And I feel that you're trying to encourage me. But this is what it's doing to me. You know, it's, it's adding more pressure. So can we talk about this after the exam or can you, you know, maybe talk about it, you know, a month before, but then we don't talk about it as we're getting closer to it. it, it it's really important that you find somebody to talk to though, right? So even if you have just that one person that, you know, is not going to hound you about the exam, it's really important that you talk to them and just tell them, you know, how you're feeling about it and let them just listen to you. Don't keep it all bottled up because that's not the right answer. I love it. For every guest that we have brought on the podcast episode as we wrap this up, we ask them this key question. Um, and, and the key question is, looking back on your career, uh, looking back on, on your youth, uh, when you were a high schooler or when you were an undergraduate student or when you, I mean, through that whole process, look back at a time Speak to a younger version of yourself is, I guess, what I want to say. And we've been asking all of our guests to reflect on a moment in their life where now, after everything they have experienced, they can look back and say, man, there is something I would have valued if it was told to me at that time. But now through your experience, you've gotten there. You've, you've achieved um, some things that maybe you had not foreseen at that age. I mean, I know you had wanted to go into, you had wanted to go into medicine, but in terms of test taking and and everything else that we've spoken about um, um, on the podcast itself, what is something you would say to the younger version of yourself? Because remember, that younger version is right now listening to this episode, and they're listening for what you're going to say next. What would you say to that younger version of yourself? Something that you have learned over the years of being a PT student, being an undergraduate student, being a physical therapist, what would you say as a piece of advice? Piece of advice would be, you know, when you when you're looking at life in all respects, mm. you know, taking the road that is most commonly traveled is typically the wrong answer. And really, when it boils down to the MPTE specifically, it's 
you know, these cookie cutter approaches, these generalized approaches at how to get from point A to point B, how to study, how to treat patients, whatever it is, the cookie cutter approach is always going to get cookie cutter results. You need to be specific in how you're approaching every aspect of your life, something that's individual to you. Don't just follow, you know, just tradition. Always challenge, well, why is it going to be that way? Why, am, why is everybody walking that way? Why is everybody studying this way? Is there a better way? Is there a better way for me? Because a lot of times you miss out on an easier way to get there, a more efficient way, a more effective way to get there because you're too busy following what everybody else has done. So always, always, always ask the why questions before you go into any action. Mm, that's powerful. The road less traveled is always, is many times the better option, is many times the, the better direction. And so for, for the young professionals, for the future physical therapy students, for anybody listening, that's key to take home in that um, as you are planning for your future, because that's really what we're helping you do. Um, this is not about trying to force you to do things the way we did them. This is really just giving you the tools to, um, to, to, to look at your future and say, okay, what do I want out of it? Not, not what do most physical therapists do with themselves or what do most pre-PT students do, but what do I want out of it? And what should I be doing now um, to capture that? Um, and if it means doing things in an unorthodox way or doing things in a way that uh, many of my peers and friends have not done it or other professionals that I've spoken to, many ways they have not done it, don't stress about that. Just like, just like Dr. Rice just said, I mean, you, you still go for it, regardless of whether it's, it's the textbook way or, or your own way. Finding your own way sometimes yields better results because now, I mean, look at this conversation we're having. Like he, like Dr. Rice, what you experienced led you to say, okay, I'm doing things the textbook way, the way that all of my peers have been doing it. But now I got to switch that up as PT students are just waiting for the last few months of PT school to start studying for their boards. Guess what I'm doing a year or two out. I'm already thinking about it. I'm already preparing for it. Not necessarily studying the book but everything we're learning, I'm internalizing it and spending time on it and looking for the people that are influencers in my class at that point because I know where I'm headed. So the path that I'm taking is very different. Um, and so that should be encouraging to those listening right now. Um, and, and, and I think that's absolutely amazing. So thank you very much for sharing that. And as we're coming to a close, man, I, I honestly feel like we could talk forever, man. When we had our phone conversation, I remember feeling that same way. I felt like we could have been there talking two, three, four hours straight. Um, yeah. And it could have been about anything easy. And that's how I feel with this podcast episode. Um, but as we conclude, there's three things you told me on our phone conversation. Because what I told him, I said, hey, I'm a few weeks out from taking my board exam and I'm going to... I'm going this direction as we're closing off because I think these are three key things that can be applied to anyone right now who is uh, pursuing some kind of an exam, right? Whether you're taking your GRE, whether you're taking, I mean, for the PT students listening to this as well, whether you're taking your board soon, he told me three things that are immediate go-tos um, to apply if if you want to do well, obviously there's the hard work, everything that we've spoken about in this podcast episode, but especially being a few weeks out, these are the three things and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Rice, 
first thing he said is you have to have a strong, solid test-taking approach uh, because the biggest thing he was saying was with a test-taking approach, you don't want to um, keep switching it up. You don't want to look at your first five easy questions and read the question first and then go through the answers and use that system. And then you get to a hard question and now suddenly you're freaking out. And you're saying, okay, all right, so uh, let me try every other test-taking style I have ever known. And so what that does is ultimately, correct me if I'm wrong, it starts, it starts building up and you start making stupid mistakes. So that was the first thing. He said, solid test-taking approach. Number two, he said, understand the structure of the exam. And really what we were talking about today is you have to be able to step back, understand what you are encountering. And that does take into account understanding the structure of the exam. The books themselves at the beginning do talk about what the exam is trying to do, um, believe it or not. But even talking to individuals like Dr. Kyle Rice or, or other students that have taken the exams that you are struggling with, same ordeal. And then the last one, which I thought was the most powerful one of all, and you could talk on this doctor, is he said, Go into the exam telling yourself one thing. I am the answer key. Ooh, Bro, he, he said that I lost my mind. I, lost, I was like, yo, that's all mentality. That's all mindset, right? I am, yo, that might be the title of this podcast episode. I am the answer key. Right. right. So right. talk to us about that last one, brother. Yeah. So, you know, I start with that answer key. Uh, towards my last year in PT school. And the reason why I started with that was because I was starting to feel more confident about every exam that I was taking. And, you know, you always hear about positive affirmations, right? You look it up online. I remember looking up online and said, oh, you know, say that oh, I'm the best blank blank. I'm the best PT. Um, I'm going to do well on this exam or, you know, I'm the greatest, whatever it is, right? These positive affirmations you're supposed to repeat to, to yourself. I tried that. That stuff doesn't work for me, right? Just saying that. So I had to figure out something that fit my personality, something I could really believe in. And so that's when it started with me, starting with, with things that really hype me up. Like, you know, I'm going in here to dominate this exam, mm -hmm. right? The other one was, I am the answer key. And it really started with, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine, a classmate, who was asking me, you know, if I was nervous about this tough exam we were about to go into. I believe it was neuro at the time. And you know what? I, I really thought to myself that, you know what? I, I'm not nervous about this. The reason why is, you know, I'm the answer key. I have every single answer that needs to be on this test to get 100% on. And I would say to myself, you know what? If this teacher, if the professor were to ask me, Hey, you know, are you nervous or whatever? I'd be like, hey, if you want to grade all my classmates' papers right now, you better it's grab mine. mine because mine is going to have every single correct answer on it. Best believe it. Mercy. Because it is the answer key, right? Yes. And having that mindset, though, having that mindset, though, changes the game. I, to I told you, Joseph, I told you that I can persuade somebody into passing an exam. I can persuade somebody to get an 800 out of 800. You wanna know why? It starts with that individualized approach, figuring out what your, your weaknesses are and all that. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But the biggest part is your confidence in your mindset. Your confidence in your mindset. If you don't have the right mindset going into an exam, you won't do well. 
You'll talk yourself out of answer choices, things that you thought that you knew had a great understanding of it. What failed those or got those wrong? It's all about the mindset. I can't, I can't even explain to you how important that really is. But that's where that came about, buddy. Bro, the answer is. I can't even wrap this up any better, man. I can't wrap this up any. I had I had two better. questions, but that answer just answered both of them. That was it. <laughs> just, he just dominated, that man. It. That's a mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. Like, all right, all right. Man. Yo, mm. honestly, though, thank you so much. So oh, much yes, for sir. coming on thank the podcast. Uh, we've it. had a blast. For those that want to know how to how to contact you, if they want to ask you questions, are there any platforms, maybe Facebook or anything else? Is there is there any way they can get a hold of you if they wanted to? Yeah, definitely. Um, right now, I'm starting up. It's not really a startup because I've been doing it for a while. It's uh, the pphustle.com. We just changed our name to that. So we're growing there. You can go ahead and start visiting that website. Um, and also, you know, if you want to get in contact with me directly, please, please do so. Uh, you can contact me at contact at the pphustle.com. And then we can definitely chat about any type of issues that you may be having or how I can help you, whether it be with the GRE or the MPTE. Obviously, that is, is, is my specialty. But, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege. And uh, I look forward to the future. It was our honor, man. Like, like he yes. said, man. I mean, this this was a podcast that Casey and I were were excited about. I mean, <laughs> counting down the days, we're like, yo, today's the day. Like, I even messaged, I messaged Dr. Rice early today, just you know, just making sure we were still on because I knew that this was an episode that we could not miss out on. It was an episode that we needed on our podcast because it's a struggle. Uh, for many individuals. So like he said, pthustle.com or connect at pthustle.com. Find him. This is a man that will change your life. Not because he has a long history of being good at something, but because he understands the challenges of exams. He understands um, the emotional letdowns that, that we all experience with, with those big exams. And so he has dedicated his life He's a phenomenal physical therapist, but he has also dedicated his life to serve others who have similar struggles to what he had. I myself, for one, am extremely grateful for him, his service. Um, if you have any more questions, you guys can contact him on those platforms. You guys can contact us at preptgrind at gmail.com or our preptgrind platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Obviously, we got this podcast, YouTube, all of them contact us communicate with us if you have questions that you want us to relate to him we can do the same as well this has been amazing thank you once again for joining us on the pre-pt grind podcast thank you dr rice thank it's you been real thank see you guys right. next week bye appreciate it thank you so much for listening to this episode of the pre-pt grind podcast this is a part of the show where we support the people who support us. First, we'd like to mention Smart Success PT, founded by Greg Todd. This course helps you increase your value and build your brand as a physical therapist. What is Smart Success PT? It's an online course, lifetime access, that gives you step-by-step -step instructions on how to make more money as a PT, improve your worth to your employer, and gain more time for yourself 
and for your family by learning the most current leverage strategies as a physical therapist. It also helps you catapult your career, expand your network, and achieve your goals. So check out Smart Success PT. Next, I'd like to mention NewGradPhysicalTherapy.com in conjunction with CovalentCareers.com. NewGradPhysicalTherapy is an online platform that offers you content with topics including careers, clinical skills, licensing, grad school, insurance, residency, and they even have an audio series to help you study. The parent company to New Grad Physical Therapy is Covalent Careers. This is a sophisticated web platform that helps PTs find the right opportunities and jobs after PT school. Their main goal is to be the champions for new grad physical therapists, helping them cross the void from student to new PT, especially in regards to career resources. They have tons of helpful content for both job seekers and employers. It is meant to inform both on how to identify what is the best match for both parties and to make that happen. The platform also allows you to start networking and communicating with potential employers well before graduation. It's a great way to explore employment options well before that stressful time of actually having to find a job. Sign up for your free profile at covalentcareers.com. Use my code CASEY2017. That's Casey2017. If you're skeptical on why you should use my code or anything like that, don't worry. It's just a way for us to track how well this message is reaching you. So sign up and I'll see you inside. Next, I like to mention Fitbucks.com. F-I-T-B-U-X. This is an online financial platform that helps you map your financial future before, during, and after PT school. So go check them out, F-I-T-B-U-X, fitbucks.com. Lastly, I'd like to mention healthsnaps.com. It provides video and messaging for you and your patient. Telehealth is here, telehealth is the future. Go check them out, healthsnaps.com. Now many of you may be wondering on why pre-PT grind is promoting things that seem unrelated to pre-PTs. Well, that's where I beg to differ. These resources are very much related to pre-PTs and their success. This is where pre-PT grind separates itself. Our goal is not just to get you into PT school, but our goal is to make sure you thrive once you're in and beyond. This is not a 16-week class that gives you a final exam, then sends you on your way. We have you set up all the way to the end of the journey. So stick with us, keep listening, and we've got you covered. Thank you again so much for listening to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. We will see you very soon.